0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
1: Bramberry Radio presents CEO Coach, a show custom-built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding the finances— set up the staffing our CEO coaches will break down the art of business development from the ground up now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup management and development the founders of outlines venture group Jillian music and Ann Kennedy
2: Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Ann Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group and author of Global Search Engine Marketing. I'm here with Jillian Music, my partner at Outlines and co founder of both Moz and Bread Approved. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping other online companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Let's find out more at OutlinesVenture.com. Hi, Jillian.
3: What hey, we, Ann. What are we talking about today? Oh, I am delighted today. We have the Oracle of Startup Mentoring and Early Stage Investing with us today. We have Janice Machala from Paladin Partners. (laughs) Seriously, uh, from Paladin Partners. So before we start and we bring Janice on, though, I want to remind everybody about the one-seat challenge. This is the high horse we're on in 2017, and we're not getting off, right? It's our 2017 year-long effort to solve just one piece of the commonly phrased pipeline problem in improving diversity in businesses worldwide. If you're a speaker at any event inside your company or any event outside anywhere in the world, we're asking that you require one seat at that event at which you speak or present be set aside and filled free of charge by someone who ordinarily would not have access to this event. The object is to be intentional and proactive about helping companies who lament the lack of a pipeline to meet qualified people who are seeking promotion opportunities and jobs to find each other and to interact in places that matter. So look for students from disadvantaged areas, uh, an uh, employee who would not ordinarily be invited to a particular event, somebody who's being passed over for promotion, whose exceptional work goes unrewarded or worse, whose work is credited to another more senior employee. Find those people from all backgrounds, races, creeds, colors, and economic backgrounds. Rounds and education. So if you're a speaker anywhere in the world, take that one seat challenge and fill the seats. Good morning, Janice. Hi, how are you, Jillian? I'm doing well. I'm super excited that you agreed to come on uh, the show with us, and we're really pleased um, to have you join the conversation. I was wondering if you could just start about telling us about your, you know, long background here. You've been at this work for a long time in Puget Sound. So I thought, give us a little history.
0: Sure. So, I was in the tech industry for quite a number of years. Um, Not that I'm not now, but in terms of operating roles, I was at a mini computer industry, Wang Laboratories. Then I was at Sun Microsystems and then Microsoft. Then I went on to be the CEO of a a small company called Pinnacle Publishing. I was starting a business. I left Pinnacle to start a company and was looking for a CTO co founder. And I, As I was talking to entrepreneurs, um, I kept running into technologists who had companies that were very interesting. Uh, They didn't want to co-found a company with me but they also didn't know how to take their company to market or how to raise money or how to do uh, scale or all sorts of things. And I started giving them advice and then they'd come back and they'd say, wow, that was pretty cool. Do you want to run my company or do you want to invest? Or do you want to be on my board? And one day I woke up and I was having a blast doing that. And I thought, huh, I could make a bigger difference in this region. If I actually helped the, all these companies versus starting my own company. And that's out of that was born pallet and partners mm-hmm. and that went on to things like being on the board of the WTIA which was called the WSA in those days bringing the women for forum for women entrepreneurs up from Silicon Valley uh starting um with a group of 12 of us uh Serif Capital Forum the first women's angel group in the country Uh, being president of and helping grow the Northwest Entrepreneur Network and just generally being a catalyst for innovation and entrepreneurship in our region.
3: So that's an awful lot of firsts, I have to say. Um, You know, as you just kind of slide through all of those years, uh, taking a moment to pause and realize the value of what you brought is quite extraordinary, Um, including things like Seraph, right? The first women's angel group in the country. I mean, extraordinary stuff. Uh, Serving on the board in the very early days of the WTIA before it was even called the WTIA um, and that kind of thing. So it gave you, if you will, um, an early foothold in this entire world of startups in what we now call you know silicon forest as opposed to silicon valley Um, but for a long time there was no ecosystem here at all and you were pretty much a lone voice in helping these companies uh get to do what we do now launch grow pivot and thrive so um tell us a little bit about some of the companies that you know were launched as you helped them through this stuff are there names that folks are going to start remembering
0: oh gosh um it's been a long time. <laughs> I think that so many of these companies have gone by the wayside. They've sold to somebody who sold to somebody. Um, there was a company called Chili Soft. They sold to Cobalt Networks, then sold mm-hmm. to um, that then sold to Sun Microsystems. There was a company um, called uh, Smart Desktop, which sold to PyCorp, which then sold to VMware. So a lot of these companies uh, maybe sold very early. Um, in terms of IPOs, that was a very painful time in my history. Um, I, in the early 2001, 2002, remember that sort of dot-com meltdown? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I had four companies in IPO registration um, that never made it out and actually didn't survive. That was extremely Extremely tough years Um, and cautionary years for the times that we're in. Um, Companies that raised a huge amount of money when money was incredibly cheap to get, but didn't necessarily see that funding was not anything other than a milestone. It wasn't the end all and be all. They still had to build sustainable businesses. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing we have to be careful about today. Funding is not the be-all and end-all. Just about anybody can get a Series C done today. Getting a Series A, completely different story. Yes. So if you don't have fundamentals, if you can't prove market demand, if you haven't built a business for long-term scale and success, it isn't going to happen. So I would be going back to the basics because money is cheap but that is not what builds a business
3: so if you were to you know provide that same counsel now as you did then and so on what are those basics? Because I would totally agree with you. It's not about building enough to get money. It's about building enough to get to a full exit that is valuable to somebody else to buy or building your company to run it yourself. You know, right. lifestyle businesses can be very profitable. There's, there's no uh, shame in it. But you got to be mindful about what you want to build.
0: <laughs> you know, I just saw a really interesting report from a company called CB Insights that I love reading. Oh, I love them. Um, yes. They just did the top twenty reasons that startups fail, and they did post mortem analysis on a whole bunch of companies. And let me just run through the top five because they're very they're very illuminating. And the the one that was way 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 uh, above all of the others was no market need. Yep. Um, the second most common one was ran out of cash. Okay. Um, Second, the third one was not the right team to do this. Mm. Um, the next one was got out competed, Mm. and the next one was pricing cost issues, and then poor product, Mm -hmm. then lack of a business model, and then poor marketing, and then ignore customers, and then product Mm. mistimed. So, there you go. I think that would sum up almost every particular challenge but i think the ran out of cash probably relates to the no market need because if Um, you haven't pivoted properly if you haven't figured out what the market really did want and you raise money and you haven't now analyzed that in the sufficient time frame then you are going to run out of money before you find product market fit
3: that's right right so the I would say, yes, the cautionary tale is if nobody's buying, it's not because you didn't spend enough on marketing. Somebody's got to be interested, even if you're only spending a little marketing, right? And if that isn't showing up, you'd better be pivoting or you are going to run out of cash no matter what you do. I I think those are kind of learning those lessons early is difficult for startup companies. I would totally agree. Um, But uh, some of them are interesting. The the idea that uh, you run out of cash, but it's not the right team to do this. I would say that's also related to that kind of no market need. If you've got the right team, they see those signs early and they start moving. Um, But often not the right team are uh, folks with a mindset that's a little bit too dodged, not uh,
0: flexible enough to move in different ways. But I would also say that not the right team might be they're all engineers and there's no business person.
3: Totally agree, right? We talk about wizards and executors all the time. And uh, for those of you who are listening in and haven't heard this before, the wizard is the idea person, the technologist, uh, you know, someone who's got all of that good, you know, insight. But the executor executes on the ideas of the wizard and builds a company around them, right? Without an executor, give it up. (laughs) And furthermore, an idea has no value
2: until it's executed as we've heard over and over time. So we have to take a break for our sponsors so they can execute a few messages to our listeners. So after that, we'll come back and we have many more insights from Janice. We're so glad you're here. This is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back.
1: More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts, we help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Circle. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you since 2002 topseos.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings let top seos give you peace of mind topseos.com the independent authority on search vendors we're back with jillian music and ann kennedy on ceo coach only on cranberry radio
2: Welcome back to CEO Coach. We are talking today about early stage investment with Janice Mashallah of Paladin Partners. Janice, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you, guys.
3: So um, Janice, uh, part of what you do is to invest time and capital in startups still today, right? Um, You do an awful lot of consulting with uh, early stage and also fast growth companies. So let's talk about those assets and attributes you look for uh, before investing. Recently, for example, you told me that you look for diversity in the founding team. And I'm I'm kind of quoting from your stuff uh, from memory here, that diversity in a founding team is a proxy for being willing to listen to and act on diverse points of view. And I thought that uh, was so powerful among all the remarks that I gathered from so many women in the investment space as I was giving my uh, speech to the Angel Invest- uh, excuse me, Seattle Angel Conference uh, just last month. And the response from the audience was, I mean, immediate and solid. And they want you on that stage next year. So I'm looking forward. It's actually next season, and I'm looking forward to interviewing you at the Seattle Angel Conference when that time comes. But talk to us a little bit more about what you look for before you decide to invest your time or capital, obviously in exchange for equity, uh, in these kinds of companies.
0: Sure. So one thing I look for is, does this team have domain experience? Um, Is there something that they represent in their background? Um, I find people all the time who come to me and they've got some idea and something that they're working on and they have no background that represents any knowledge of that thing they're working on. And it's like, wow. So you don't know what you don't know and a marketplace that you have not the experience in And you may haven't even brought the right advisors to the table. You maybe haven't had customer research that you've done. You just think, I need this, so everybody else needs this. Um, (laughs) And that's a big flag for me. Um, And luckily, what I'm seeing is many people from corporations who are leaving their corporations because they did see a market need and they experienced that pain point with customers But their companies weren't prepared to act on that need. And they thought, I'm going to go do this. Um, I love those. Okay. So
3: those are the winners, huh?
0: Well, they're certainly one one factor. Okay. Um, The founder who has only ever been at big companies is another problem um, for me. And the way I tease that out is... Have they only ever had lots of resource at their hands? Have they only ever had big co on their business card and had never had to fight for a meeting or fight for time with a customer? Um, or I don't care if they've only been at big companies, but they could have been the innovator and entrepreneur. I was the, that intrapreneur at Wang, at Microsoft, at Sun. I was always doing 1.0 kind of stuff. So there are those kind of people. So not all big company people are equal, but I want them to have had some level of startup genes in them or have come to it in some level of experience. And it may be that they've put their own money into it. Um, Maybe Mm -hmm. they've spent a year and you know, been all in on it. I have a woman in my Emerging Growth CEO group that I run, and she has spent the last 18 months honing this company and getting it to a certain point because she saw the need as a mom and as a gift buyer and saw a gap in the marketplace, but she wasn't willing to go out and raise money for it until she proved it out. And now that she's put her money behind it, And her marketing experience behind it, Um, now she's willing to go out and raise money for it. That says a lot.
3: Right. I would agree. um, I look a lot for um and I know Anne does as well, you know for the market tests, you know, have they been performed um and if people have done that, that's a much better indication that they're willing to, if you will fight to get the meeting, the voice, a little bit of respect and so on. um and they've already been out there testing that market.
0: Um, well, and you've got I think what you're saying is are they hustlers, right? are they That's right, because as you say, if they only had lots of resources
3: at their hand, a big name on their business card, and they've never had trouble getting a meeting, you know, you've got to figure out this is going to be a tougher road, (laughs) you know. Um, So, Anne, you've got a
0: great work I'm the co-founder who's had that.
3: Yeah. Um, So, Anne, you talk an awful lot about um, distribution channels. And so uh, companies that have not tested their distribution channels. I know you go running in the wrong direction, Anne, every time. Well, if, uh, if I can
2: convince them to actually consider that they might need to. Talk about a distribution channel, but so many times I find that has not been thought out at all. I I think what Janice just said about, you know, the founder says, I need this. So everybody needs it. And mm-hmm. with no thought about how to get it to the actual customer let alone are there customers out there? Does this, uh, is this a problem that they have that your product can solve? You I know, mean, all those questions as uh, so many times, uh, don't get answered by the wonderful wizards who think up great ideas. And that's why you need your executor always. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: I talk about the customer journey a lot. Like, how do you get from this product to money in the bank? Right. What's the ecosystem? Um, And I love Steve Blank's work and I'm at at heart a business to business person. I don't do as much consumer and um, Steve Blank who wrote the four steps to epiphany. I'm just a student of his. And he has this whole model for product engagement married to customer engagement. So the customer work is going in parallel with the product work and Part of that is figuring out your channels of distribution and figuring out how people buy and figuring out the mentality of how people buy. Um, And I can see when people have trouble getting venture capital funding, it's because they get the first three, four customers, but they haven't figured out how to get the hundred customer Mm -hmm. Um, because you can always get a handful. It's really weird, but you can always get a handful, but it's then how do you scale it beyond the handful?
3: I would agree. Um, again, that it's that thing about I need it, so everybody does. Uh, you find out once you get past that kind of first hundred customers. We talk about that a lot. How do you get those first hundred customers? And that is that product market fit journey um, that you've got to go through after you know you and your uncle and uh, you know two friends wanted to buy it. So yeah, that's um, that that's uh, an interesting kind of attribute of uh, founding teams that we would all look for. I talk a lot about the assets and attributes of successful companies and of successful CEOs. And you uh, gave us in the first segment here a number of those ideas around it, the things that you look for in founding teams before you dive in. Um, So I was wondering if you could also say, you know, some of the exciting projects you're working on now, I don't know if you're at leisure to, you know, share the names and everything and so on, but... Where are you seeing the trends in the kind of work that you're doing? What's going on here in these new startups?
0: Sure. So one of the things that's really exciting to me is I get to work with another generation of entrepreneurs who have had successful companies coming back to do their next thing or their third thing. So a company that I am now working with, a founder had spun out of the university of Oregon as a computer science professor, uh, Corvallis. Um, we did a tech transfer deal out of that entity and we ended up selling that company, brought a CEO in the first time around, sold that company. That company became part of VMware That person, the technologist, went on to become a very successful senior executive there. And now he and another technologist have quit their executive roles and they're doing it again. Only he's now at that stage where he can be the CEO and he wants me to be part of that journey again. I feel so privileged to get to do it with them again.
3: Um, Um, Are you at leisure to tell us what they're building or is it still in stealth mode?
0: it's still in stealth mode, but it's in the internet of things space, which is very interesting to me. Um, and there's a lot of complexity in that space. Um, and you know, obviously the cloud and the whole cloud infrastructure area is a big area as well. Um, I happen to like vertical markets because the distribution channels and the way to reach vertical markets is all very, um, is very interesting. Um, I'm also seeing a lot of women found companies and these women have had really interesting careers. Um, And when we first started Sarah, people would come to us and these women didn't have big ideas. Uh and, And the guys would send us these women because they were like, Oh, you should go talk to the women. And they were like women ideas. They were like, Oh, this nail salon or this spa or this, whatever. And what we're seeing now is, you know, this was a corporate vice president from Nike or from K2 or from Microsoft who lived a pain point and is now going to reinvent an industry. Really interesting people. And with really significant um, leadership experience and significant go-to-market experience, Mm -hmm. they unfortunately are having trouble raising money.
2: So it's, Janice we talk a lot about that Um, we need to take a break now but when we come back it would be just great if you'd uh, carry on about that because that you were just about to say because I am always thirsty for that information because I think if we can identify it we can make it better so we're going to take a break now at CEO Coach and then we'll come back with more from Janice Mashala.
1: More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this.
0: Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Get educated and entertained by our panel of on-air
1: experts and peers. And engage with us anytime by following us on Twitter,
0: Facebook, Google+, and LinkedIn so you can reach us before and after every program. Located on our new social shareable live streaming player. Access the new Cranberry Radio live stream player at our website, cranberry.fm.
1: Looking for a white label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands.
3: visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E-Digital.com.
1: We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio.
2: Welcome back to CEO Coach. We're talking today with Janice Mashala of Paladin Partners. And Janice, it is such a delight to have you on the show. And before the break, you were talking about women obtaining venture capital, which anybody that listens to Jillian's and my show knows is a topic near and dear to our hearts. So carry on, please.
0: So one of the things that I see is some incredible women with incredible ideas and incredible uh, track record of execution, really struggling to raise money. Um, One of the things that happens is a hurdle rate that keeps getting put in front of them. It's almost like Lucy in the football. Well, if you do this, if you do this, and it's also a very male dominated environment. There was a study that recently came out in the Harvard Business Review, and it is an incredible study. The researchers of this study had the access to Swedish venture capitalists for the government because the government runs a bunch of venture funds there. For a couple of years, they sat in on venture capitalist meetings and they analyzed the transcripts of those meetings for women entrepreneurs and men entrepreneurs. And the words that they used to, to describe men and women were completely different. And the rates at which they funded men and women were completely different. So a woman would be talked about as aggressive and a guy would be talked about as competitive in a positive way.
3: I saw that, and um, we will put a link to this, by the way, on our Facebook page, folks, so facebook.com forward slash CEO Coach Podcast. Uh, get in there, hit the like button so we know you're out there, but go pick up this link. It's really an interesting study. Um, Janice, they said things like for men, they would say young and promising. For a woman, they'd say young but unexperienced or inexperienced yes. right for men they'd say arrogant but impressive competence and for the woman they'd say lacks network contacts and the need of help to develop her business concept yes right right. Yep. so the you know arrogant maybe on both sides but you know they assume the guy can do it they assume the woman cannot um, aggressive but a really good entrepreneur enthusiastic but weak I mean, the, the complimenting, you know, or the the, the non-complementing, you know, statements are stunning. Uh, experienced and knowledgeable. Experienced but worried. Right? right. I mean, amazing stuff. The men were very competent and innovators and already has the money to play with. And they say about the woman, good looking and careless with money. Yes. I mean, shocking. Oh. Absolutely shocking. Cautious. I actually
0: sensible. sent that article to my VC friends, by the way.
3: Oh, good, good. Um, so anyway, we can go on and on. I, I suggest you, you know, hit the like page, uh, hit that Facebook page, folks, and pick up this link. It's really worthwhile taking a look. Um, and it kind of analyzes how these uh, statements come together. So yes, it's the sort of thing you go, you know, frustrating, and you tear your hair out. But let's talk about, you know, if there is hope on this, uh, you know, on the horizon here. Um, I'm seeing, Janice, that there are more women venture capitalists coming around. One. Two, yes. But now I see a venture capital group founded by a woman, founded by women together, angel groups founded again, just as Seraph began. We're seeing that next wave where people are perhaps in response to November's events, um, you know, of 2016, uh, people are, if you will, more strident. And now I'm seeing finally this groundswell of uh, women investors coming forward. What are you seeing where, you know, from your vantage point?
0: Well, I think if you look at Silicon Valley, it's still significantly male dominated. The percentage of companies that are funded that have women co-founders is still very small, and the percentage of women uh, percentage of companies that are funded that have minority founders is still very small. I love the group Broadway Angels that's down there, which is a group of women, many of who had been VCs who opted out of the old boys VC world and have started seed venture funds or investing on their own. That group is making a lot of progress in supporting women. And I'm trying to build bridges between that group and Seattle to say, we can't do this all on our own. Women have to help other women rise up. And that's why I also love Pipeline Angels because Mm -hmm. we need to grow more women investors because there is a lot of generational wealth that's being created, but women don't necessarily know how to do investing. And we just need some big successes um, to happen so that we can put that money back into companies. I would, yes, I would agree. And you know, a big hit in Seattle from a woman-funded company um, would make a big difference. You know, yes. like of the ilk of a Sheryl Sandberg or of the ilk of um, a Melissa Mayer or you know somebody yeah. like that, right? Who could put yes back in. Yeah. Um, um,
3: we do see, um, I saw 99 angels. Um, so this is women investing together. They've got nine women around the country and major locations. We have one in Seattle and, um, and that's, um, Uh, Janine Furpo coming out of the Gates Foundation now joining 99 Angels, and then they find uh, 10 other women each, and so on until you have these 99 Angels, right? And everybody puts in about 10,000, I think it is, per year for three years, so not a significant investment, but when it's collated, then they can. Figure it out. Okay. So that's interesting um, in the angel space. And then I found Next Wave. Um, I just uh, spoke with, the, uh, with Joshua, who is a co-founder down there, just raising their fund. And again, by and for people, men and women of color and of uh, you know, uh, div- diverse backgrounds and so on. And they um, have a mandate to go and invest in impact companies founded by and for people with diverse backgrounds. So that kind of thing I find exciting. Um, In London, for example, actually, I think they're in Manchester, I'm not sure. Um, But in the UK, there's... um, Hardeep Rai he formed Kaleidoscope Ventures also an angel fund just a bunch of his friends who had had some successful tech exits uh, he'd been an uh entrepreneur in residence at Hamilton Bradshaw then he you know formed this thing a bunch of guys threw their money together and they invested in 60 different companies for and or by people with physical disabilities and so uh they were writing very small checks But then just this last spring, Hardeep headed out to Dubai, and he raised a significant fund from private family offices, and it even surprised him. Hey, Jillian,
2: it is so unfortunate. We have to stop now, but you know what? I think that we're going to have to uh, have Janice come back for another segment with us because we've hardly scratched the surface with all of this. I would totally agree. (laughs) Sadly, our time is up. Thank you, Janice, so much for joining us. Uh, We look forward to the next time, which will be very soon. So... That's it for this Monday at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Cranberry Radio for their support. You can download these shows at cranberry.fm slash shows slash CEO dash coach, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You can find links and more on facebook.com forward slash CEO Coach Podcast. Do stop by, as Jillian said, and hit the like button so we know you were there and tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ian Kennedy with Jillian Music, and you can find out more about how we help companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next week.